on, Lawson, introduce the segment. Come on, what's wrong? What's wrong? Can't you speak? How come you can't speak, Lawson? Is it because you shoved food in your mouth five seconds before we went back on air? Would you always give me hassle about and now you're the one doing? <laughs> Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to Breakfast Show. Publicly shamed. It's usually with Lyle and Lawson, but the day is with Lawson and his breakfast, apparently. So 14 seconds before we went back on air, mom was like, are you really going to take another mouthful? And then I took one. He took two I, more. Because I, I thought it was funny. And she's like, really? And then I took another one because I was like, ah, oh, this is funny. I'll be able to finish this in time. And then I looked up and realized, oh, wait. Five t- seconds Time left. went a lot quicker than I <laughs> <laughs> and my mouth was still full of food. So, And that was after DJ Shelb specifically told us before we went on air this morning not to eat yeah. while we were on and the I've, like, I've given Monica her fair share of grief about it. So, you know, that, that's fine. We all make mistakes. I'll... If you notice, I put my spoon down 17 seconds before we went on air. Exactly. And then I looked at you and you were still shoveling. I'm like, yeah. Well, because, because like, this is the thing. We don't, I don't usually eat breakfast during the breakfast This is show. why I'm bringing you breakfast. But then Monica brings breakfast and I just don't know how to handle it. I'm like, <laughs> when, when do I eat it? Do I eat it before? Do I eat it after? Do I eat it during? Like, you know, while Monica's speaking, do I just, you know, shove it? Your breakfast. Cause I was like, I woke up this morning and I was like, man, DJ Shelby has like one of those crummy little wheat big spread well sorry not wheat big but cereal breakfast and Lawson doesn't even eat breakfast so I'm gonna make them breakfast and it was because of you guys that I almost burnt the kitchen down <laughs> 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 set off the fire alarm. That's amazing. <laughs> that would gave me a heart attack. Okay, it's one thing to set off the fire alarm in your house. It's another thing to set it off in like in a public building. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's also so when I was um I was like twelve, thirteen, we lived on top of a restaurant. My oh. my parents own the whole building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we would we would set the fire alarm at like Fire alarm off at like 7.30 in the morning, like cooking before going to school. <laughs> and then the fire brigade would show up because I it's a so restaurant. I was so scared they were coming, yeah. yeah. Oh, I had so to find. Wild. I had to call all different kinds of people. Finally, someone picked up. It was like 5 in the morning and finally someone, someone picked up who knew where the box was in the oh, foyer. So you can turn it off. But then yeah. I couldn't find the key. And I was constantly in a panic because next to the box is a big sign that says, if you don't have the fire alarm switched off in blank minutes the fire brigade will come. Oh, so it's not even. And this is just a line with no number on it. I'm like, how many minutes is it? I don't know. What's the <laughs> countdown? <laughs> like in a total panic. Dang, I, fire I up, safety, let's go. And then I'm having to call the police and then the fire brigade just to tell them not to come. It's, <laughs> it's just me in the kitchen frying tofu at 5am. Just ignore me, please. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, you're welcome for your breakfast. That That's right. People have to listen to well, you. Hey, let's have another clue for the quiz. Let's have another clue for the quiz. Who am I? Jesus is the only man. Oh, wait. I already did that one. (laughs) I played the harp to relieve King Saul of an evil spirit. Mm, Okay. Mm, I played a harp to relieve King Saul of an evil spirit. Just a pair of music right there. Yeah. This guy is kind of famous. Yeah. This guy is famous. 0491-064-669. We are going to be... Uh, concluding the draw, we're actually going to be drawing uh, at 8.45 this morning. And I'm so excited about it. And you can win Bibleopoly, the board game. They're literally spinning a wheel with everyone's names on it. That's right. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. And if people have gotten more than one entry, like your name is on the wheel multiple times. That's right. I noticed that. So, yeah, super cool. I can't wait to do it. I'm going to do it live on air. I'm stoked. It's amazing. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Hey, we've got some text messages here, actually. Oh, uh, one has come in and says, it's actually a photo um, of, of a joke. Someone's taking a photo of a joke. And then and then they've said- For a second, I thought you were going to say it was a photo of us. And I'm like, are they stalking us? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a photo of a joke. And it, the, the caption is, now that Mon is on- uh, so it's so it's for you, Monica. Actually, oh, thanks. And it says, 
How much room is needed for Funky to grow? As mushroom as possible. <laughs> what? <laughs> because Mon is infamously a mushroom hater, and I don't know if this person is a mushroom hater or a liker as well, but they thought... Oh, I hate mushrooms, but I appreciate the puns. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fantastic. Who's that from? Thank you. Shout out Karen. Hey, Karen. Just sending us some, it. some beautiful messages. Loving it. I also got this one from uh, David. He writes in, Glad to hear Mon and Lawson this morning. You two are a laughing riot together. Praise God. From David. Yeah, bringing that German riot fever to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to be in a German riot. But um, <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's have another text message here. Uh, Brayden says, Now that Mon is back, I thought it was good time to bring up mushrooms. Brayden, I know you by name, dude. <laughs> I'm st- your name is seared in my memory. I recall you and your little mushroom antics. No, May just kidding. May we never meet no, in real kidding. life, no, Brayden. No, this is this part of the next part of the message. No, just kidding. Oh, okay, cool. We're fine. Yeah, we're cool. I'm happy, Brayden. <laughs> happy days. Happy days. In regards to Disney, the Bible says that it will be like the times of Noah at the end, mm. and people's thoughts will be evil continually. And yeah. that is what telling a child, uh, because they don't feel they fit in, they must be LGBTQ and lie about it, pure evil. This is what we were, yeah. we were discussing yesterday about, like, yeah, this program that runs. It's like, you tell the children, oh, are you uncomfortable in your body? And do you sometimes feel sad? Actually, you're trans, but don't tell your parents because they're not safe. Oh, it's just crazy. Any, any, anything where you have to coach kids to lie is a bad idea. Yeah. You no matter what the issue you is. Just, like, whether, whether they end up, you know, being a part of the LGBT community or not, you're just teaching them to be criminals. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah, thank you guys for sending in your text messages mm-hmm. this morning. If you have anything to say during the time that we spend now in the Bible, you can give us a call, 0491-064-669. But we are going to be continuing on talking about all things uh, relationships that are potentially arranged uh, in the, the book of Genesis and chapter 24. Now, <laughs> actually... Monica, you weren't here yesterday because Lyle started going on these big spiels about how Lawson's available and we should arrange a marriage for him and all these different things. <laughs> Are and- you suggesting you arrange it with me? No, 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 no. <laughs> there was people who texted it and say, I have a lovely daughter. <laughs> Which was that? Which was which was which was shocking, and it was funny, uh, and I, yeah, it was very interesting. I had the exact same reaction as you when it happened. So, so uh, faithfm slash That's right. The Faith FM listeners are trying to set me up, but uh, hey, what about me then? I'm single too. <laughs> Someone got a lovely son. All right, all right. Now we're now we're pedaling Monica. We, the, I was pedaled yesterday. We are pedaling Monica today. But we, we have to like give our age and our height or something. <laughs> like I enjoy long walks on the beach and spending time with puppies. <laughs> you know, all kinds of things. No, let's uh, let's get into the Bible because we see the situation <clears throat> taking place. Um, yes. Actually, talking about descriptions and profiles. Um, so Abraham here, he wants a wife for his son Isaac. Isaac yeah. at this time is around 40. He is definitely a catch, being that he is from a you know rich nomadic family that has lots of prestige. We've seen in the previous chapter, you know, among the Hittites, that uh yeah, Abraham is like a famous wealthy dude. Like everyone knows him, everyone loves him, he's an upstanding guy, and his son, who is now, you know, definitely of age by the time of 40, is still single. Uh, now, the reasons for his singleness can be speculated over. Maybe he mm. was looking for the right person, maybe he was just wanting to stay single. We, we don't know. But ultimately, he's 40, he's single, 
and he is available and definitely, uh, yeah, a, a bachelor. And this is Genesis 24. Genesis 24. So we've already read at this initial part where, you know, Abraham, he tells his servant to go and to find someone for his son Isaac. And we see now that he gives some instructions here. So we are getting into, you know, uh, what kind of um, person that he wants to, to look for. Interestingly, um, up until this point, we've already seen that Abraham gives counsel to the servant, um, not to, well, cause he says to the servant, I don't want him to marry any women from the land of Canaan. So go back to my hometown, uh, you know, go back there and find a suitable woman, woman from that group of people. And the thought is, oh, okay, well, why doesn't just Isaac just rock up there with this, with the servant? And that's what the servant actually asks. But then Abraham says in response, no, don't, don't you dare. Please don't take Isaac with you. And, and we talked a little bit yesterday about why this potentially is. Just not wanting Isaac to go back to where they had come out from. You know, the land of Canaan is where they are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, Abraham has assessed the situation like a good father. And he's like, yeah, I don't think any of these ladies are really up to snuff. Um, and this is something that would continue. It was a continual misstep uh, throughout the history of Israel is dudes marrying chicks who weren't good for them. You know, if you look at, uh, you know, the Israelites themselves coming to the Holy Land, if you look at people like Samson, whoever it is, like they, they, <clears throat> dudes, dudes make Nothing bad can decisions. ruin your life quicker or more completely than marrying the wrong person. That's right. Yeah. And Abraham is worried about this. Yeah. And he's like, look, I don't want to, like, there are plenty of amazing Canaanite women around in terms of, you know, good looking, great women, but I don't want my son to end up, end up with any of them because we have this mission. Mm-hmm. God has uh, said that through my son, Isaac, that my many descendants will come that will eventually lead to the Messiah coming. So this person needs to be the right woman. So he sends his servant out to find her. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Wilson, would you trust your parents to find you a wife like this? Oh, no way. <laughs> like, absolutely, absolutely not. In fact, that's, this is what Lyle was speculating at yeah. yesterday. He was like, so Lawson, would you trust? And I'm like, no. Like, I love, I have a great family. Yeah. I love my parents, everything like that. Um, but my, my family's not Christian. Oh, okay. And right so then. they would kind of be fishing out of a pool that I'm not, that being said, they probably know that and then they would look for someone. But yeah, I think their, their standards are a little bit different to mine. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd never do it either. Yeah. Yeah. Really? No, absolutely not. Your parents said I'd get the, a sec? I mean, just going on my track record, the, um, <clears throat> the, uh, the occasional, <clears throat> excuse me, the occasional suggested bachelors that my parents have pushed before me have generally been closer to my parents' age than to my age. <laughs> I think they're just like, oh, we like this guy. We get on with him. And I'm like, yes, because he's like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, there, there you go. Um, but hey, uh, let's read. Read for us verse eight. This is Abraham gives a little bit of a standard here to his servant. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. Mm. Odd. Okay, so he says, "All right, if this woman she's willing to come back here, she's the one. But don't take my son." Mm-hmm. I guess, like again, from Abraham's perspective, maybe he's worried about his son just staying. Yeah, like Isaac just saying, but also maybe he's worried just about you know ending like if Isaac Isaac having too much influence and in input. Yeah, you know, maybe potentially picking the wrong person. I yeah. think maybe Abraham is scared of empty nest. Yeah, he's and like, he's old. Yeah, he's old yeah. at this point as well. Mm-hmm. Like he's a he's an old dude. So he, he but he also he knows God's promise here, and he's like, 
Isaac has potential if he leaves to go off track, to go astray. So, you know, just keep him. And Abraham himself is someone who knows the temptation of women mm-hmm. um, and multiple wives. And we saw that, you know, with, with Sarah and Hagar and, and what, what happened mess. in that. What in, well, yeah, what a mess. And, you know, you could rebut that and say, oh, but wasn't that like uh, Sarah suggesting the idea? But like. Takes to the tango. Yeah, that's right. Abraham <laughs> was very complicit yeah. <laughs> in, in committing infidelity. So, yeah. so uh, let's continue to read on, though. Uh, let's read. You want to read for us maybe verse 9 to verse 11. So the servant took an oath by putting his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham. He swore to follow Abraham's instructions. Then he loaded 10 of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master, and he traveled to distant Aram Harim. Mm -hmm. There he went to the town where Abraham's brother, Hanor, had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town. It was evening, and the women were coming to draw water. Okay, so he has approached the the local the like fishing pool. How to find a wife one hundred and one. Step one: go to where the women are. That's right. That's right. He's, he's, he showed up. It's like, oh, who's who's coming at evening to draw draw water? Women. Yeah. Abraham's told him go to where the women are in this specific place, and he's like, oh, yes, sir. So he brings all the camels, and he shows up to the watering hole, uh, to the well, and he's like, he's like, okay, I'm ready to find me a woman. But then. This is this is the big point, is that the reason the reason he sends the servant like Abraham and what Abraham is ultimately trying to achieve is not that he would pick a wife for his son, it's not that Isaac would pick a wife for himself, it's not that a servant would pick a wife, but it's that God would pick a wife, mm. and we see that right here in the next in the in the following words of the servant. So why don't you read for us verse twelve, maybe like twelve to fourteen. O Lord God of my master Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink and I will water your camels too, let her be the one you have selected as Abraham's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Mm. Wow. Okay. So he sets a bit of a standard here. So he's like, okay, if someone That's comes in, if someone comes and offers <laughs> me a drink and then waters my camels, then like, um, uh, they're, they're the one, yeah. they're the one for my master. Now, interestingly, um, you know, to give him a drink, I, I go to different friends, places and houses and they offer me, Hey, do you want a glass of water? And that's not, you know, my immediate like thing of, Oh wow, they're flirting with me. You know, that kind, <laughs> that kind of thing. it's like, that's, that's a pretty common gesture. And but what if like you went to their house and they were like, <clears throat> can I get you a drink of water? And also while you're here, can I put some water in your engine in the car? Yeah, outside? Can I, can I completely you service like- <laughs> your car for free? And Hey, like it's going to take me hours. Do you want to spend that time with me? Da, 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 da. And then like, you'd be like, okay, they're flirting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because what is taking place here? And it's not flirting with the servant, but, like he is basically giving a rule and a stipulation that is very specific and extremely difficult and time consuming. Because if we know anything about camels, we know that they're big and they like drinking water, lots of it. And so he's brought 10 of them, like 10 camels. And this woman would have to not only, you know, just give a drink to the servant, Mm -hmm. which is fair enough. She draws from the well, they, you know, have a drink of water together. Fantastic. But also, Water his 10 camels, which would take actual hours. Do you reckon? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Like, like if we're talking about camels taking a journey 
um, to Mesopotamia. Like, we don't know. You, you know, he's one guy. He hasn't taken a, suppl- a massive supply of water with him. They would need to be well watered by this point. They would be dehydrated. Oh, my goodness. So I just Googled it and it says a typical camel can drink 200 liters of water yes. in three minutes. Uh-huh. That's a lot of water. So she's not only having, like, the time constraint is not with the camels drinking the water. It's, it's with getting, the water, the, getting the water to the camels. Because like, if she has a bucket and just putting it down the well and just pulling it up, she's like, she can't pull up 200 litres at one time. That's yeah. way too much. Uh-huh. I reckon maybe, like, 20 litres at a time. And even 20, that's a 20 kilo That's weight. 10 times for one camel. That's right. Up and down a well. You know, and we don't know if they were they were they they had to do all of this. You know, maybe they just gave the camels a quick drink. But essentially... Like either which way, this chick's got biceps. She's gnarly. Yeah. Okay, like this is a a very very clear like like thing for for the servant. He's like, if anyone would be willing to do this with me, yeah. Like if they would be willing to do this with me, they would be fine with coming back to my home like, uh-huh. to, to to my master Abraham. And you know, in this area of Mesopotamia, the reason that Abraham sends his servant there is because people know him there. Mm. People know him there. And so so at the request to come back to where Abraham's from, this person who would step up to be uh, the potential spouse of Isaac would already know Abraham, would know Isaac, or maybe know of Isaac. Um, uh, Abraham hasn't gone back to Mesopotamia since he left. But they would know of these people, and so there would be some credibility there already that would make them feel comfortable. But ultimately, this person, they'd have to be the one, bro. Like, this is is a sign that's, like, this is very... Very specific, um, and, yeah, they're looking for a woman of good character. Now, the question is, does a woman of good character show up? Dude, let's keep reading. Uh, Let's read verse 15. Um, Yeah, let's read verse 15 to verse 18. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milcah. Rebecca was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to her, the servant said, Please give me a little drink of water from your jug. Yes, my lord, she said, and have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she'd given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so the uh, the servant sees a girl here who's very beautiful and and uh, and uh, marrying age, and we see here that he doesn't let her come to him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like seeing this woman, and uh, well, we know that like the person who is like authoring this book later is, is writing that she's a virgin. It could be potentially that she, she is wearing like virgin garments that like mm-hmm. identify her as someone that is unmarried, whatever it may be. This guy realizes this woman is unmarried and she's young and she's beautiful and she's perfect for my master. So she like, he like runs over to her. He's like, yes, let's get this done. He runs over to talk to her, which is, it's so funny to me. Like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't let her come to him. Uh-huh. Like, he's like, oh, let's see if she passes by. He's like, nope, this is the one. <laughs> like, 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 he's like, give me a drink, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and so that's what takes place. But then who is it that offers to order the camels? 
She does. She does. I don't remember how you said before, maybe she gave him a quick drink. It turns out she doesn't because she says here, it says here, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. And then later on it says, then at last when the camels had finished drinking. That's right. So, yeah, she would have been there for a while. That's right. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, in, in the kind of stipulations that uh, the servant is giving, he's like, oh, yeah, what are my camels? But she is serious about it, and God is answering. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and right now we are going to have the final clue for the quiz. You're right there, Lawson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Is it the final clue? I feel I have two it's, more. No, no, it's just okay. the, the second last one, yeah. After I killed Goliath, I cut off his head using his sword. Okay, so this guy, he plays the chords. He wins the ladies, and he cuts off the people's heads. <laughs> he is a he's a warrior and a poet. If you know who it is, 0491-064-669 is the number to call. And this is your final opportunity. This is the, the very last one to be entered into the quiz, the draw that will happen at 845. So, guys, get ready. It will be happening very soon. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. This person, they cut the head off of Goliath after they, they killed him. Beat him up. Used his own sword. Yep. Yep. Done and dusted. No more Goliath. Cool dude. Um, <laughs> He's a giant slayer. Powerful. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's keep... Oh, this has been really interesting. I, I'm, I'm loving this right now. Let's, let's, let's continue reading about this guy. Um, and this amazing woman named Rebecca. We got up to verse... Uh, 21. 21. Let's, let's take off. Let's read the next couple of verses. This is kind of funny because the next, <laughs> the next line says, the servant watched her in silence. Just, just think about like the hours she must have been working. He's just standing there like creepily watching. <laughs> this is like, he's supervising. <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to stand here and watch you, honey. <laughs> yeah, but he's got to make sure like, is this one really from the Lord? Is she going to top it? She's in her mind. She's probably like, Annoyed. What is this guy help me? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, okay. Nah, let's let's give it the benefit of doubt. She was doing it joyfully and gleefully. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. The servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not God the Lord had given him success in his mission. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrists. Whose daughter are you? He asked. And please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? I am the daughter of Bethuel, she said. My grandparents are Nahor and Milka. Yes, we have plenty of straw and feed for the camels, and we have room for guests. The man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. Praise the Lord, the God of my father, Master Abraham. He said, the Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. The young woman ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. Okay, 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 mm, okay, okay. Times. So, um, <laughs> so, so he's like, "Hey, is there anywhere to stay, yeah. like with you guys?" And then she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, with these people and these people and these are my relatives." And so, like, because at, at this point, um, of like, what's being shown to us is that the servant doesn't know whether or not this woman is. Of the family of mm-hmm. Abraham. Well, they're not. She's one of the... Um... She's like, she's like completed all the signs, but mm-hmm. if she's not, then he has to dip. He has yeah, to leave. Because she could be a heathen at this point. She, she could know. She could be. Well, there are, we, we, we assume that pretty much all of them were probably heathens. They're living in like Mesopotamia, ancient Babylon. Um, but 
also, like she, Abraham is looking for someone with the goodwill from the family who, well, yeah, already know, and potentially they're already worshipping God. It's not really stipulated in the text. But what we do know here is that, yeah, the servant has this on his mind. He's wondering, has, has uh, in my Bible it says, has his journey been prosperous? You know, he did, oh, is this it? Is this the one? The first woman that I see at the yeah, watering hole? Yeah, before he hole? even finished praying, she was on the scene. Is this the one? And then she says to him, yeah, you can stay at my father Nahor's house. And he's like, yes! He's like, <laughs> he's like on his knees worshipping the Lord in front of her. She would probably be so confused. Like, yeah. she's like... Oh, okay, and it's, she, she she runs back immediately and tells her whole mother's household these things. She she runs. She's like, hey, there's this crazy guy from Canaan who's, like, worshipping on the ground because I told him that my dad was this guy. And he handed over some gold. Yeah, and he gave me some gold bracelets. So, man, she's, she's dripping at this point. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's, like, she's well, uh, she's, yeah, doing well for herself. Um, but, yeah, these things take place. And then let's pick it up in verse 29. 29 says, Now Rebecca had a brother named Laban who ran out to meet the man at the spring. He had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and he had heard Rebecca tell what the man had said. So he rushed out to the spring where the man was still standing beside his camels. Laban said to him, Come and stay with us, you who are blessed by the Lord. Why are you standing here outside the town when I have a room all ready for you and a place prepared for your camels? So the man went home with Laban, and Laban unloaded the camels, gave him straw for their bedding, fed them and provided water for the man and the camel drivers to wash their feet. Then food was served. But Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I have told you why I have come. All right, Laban said, tell us. Okay, so he's getting Ooh, down to business here. This is That's right. Like he He's like, because he has to drop the, 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 the news to them. He has yeah. to drop the bomb and say, Actually, I'm here to take Rebecca to be a wife mm-hmm. for my ser- you know, my master. His name's Abraham. You guys already know who that is. His son, he needs a wife, and this is the one. So uh-huh. he needs to tell them that, which is, like, would you be nervous? Yeah. 100%. I'd yeah. be, like, freaking out, you know? Like, this is, <laughs> this is heavy. This is heavy stuff to tell. And I think up until this point, like, God has answered and answered and answered and answered, and this guy is absolutely stoked. But still, like, there would be that seed of, like, oh, but what if the, what about the parents? You know, real Romeo Juliet type deal right here. Like, <laughs> what, what about the parents? What if they don't accept me? Like, what if they hate me? And then, you know, I can't take her back um, to my master's household. Like, this is, this is tough. Like, this is, this is where it's all coming to. Like, God has worked already, but now it's like, it's on Laban, uh, not Laban, sorry, the servant to tell Laban and the rest of the family, like, oh, I'm actually here to take your daughter to marry my, uh, my master's uh, son. So, yeah, heavy stuff. But let's see. Let's see what he says. Uh, where am I? 34. Mm-hmm. I am Abraham's servant, he explained, and the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord has given him flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants and camels and donkeys. When Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son, and my master has given him everything he owns. Mm. And my master made me take an oath. He said, do not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my father's house, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son. But I said to my master, what if I cannot find a young woman who is willing to go back with me? He responded, the Lord in the presence I have lived will send his angel with you and will make your mission successful. Yes, you must find a wife for my son from among my relatives, from my father's family. Then you will have fulfilled your obligation. 
But if you go to my relatives and they refuse to let her go with you, you will be free from my oath. So today when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success on this mission. See, I am standing here beside this spring. This is my request. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, please give me a little water from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will draw water for your camels too, let her be the one you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Before I had finished praying in my heart, I saw Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, please give me a drink. Awesome. Okay. So the rest he he just recounts the rest of it, but he's telling them like, I came for the woman. And she came to me like, <laughs> like I found her. It's, it's her. I, this is the pray that like, this is where I've come from. This is the prayers I prayed. God has answered them. And I believe that, you know, your daughter and sister, Rebecca, uh, she, she's the one, mm. she's the one. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, <laughs> like, good. And then, you know, he'll go on to explain. Uh, so can I take her back? I like how he starts off by saying, Hey, look, I'm Abraham's servant and this dude's really rich. He is doing some, uh, <laughs> he's trying to assure them. Yeah. Um, definitely because they want the best for their mm-hmm. daughter, um, as any good parent would. And he's absolutely assuring them that, Hey, like I'm, this is, this is good. This is good for her. And we see that, uh, they eventually, they allow her to go back with them and she becomes the wife of Isaac. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to The Breakfast Show, and right now, it is time. It is time! There is no more clues for the quiz. No more clues. Just wheels spinning. Just wheels spinning. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So. So. uh, (laughs) Oh, by the way, the answer for today's quiz was... David. David. So if you got that correct, your name will be in this wheel. But let's spin the wheel right now. Spin it. And it's spinning. You kind of hear the spinning noise. It's it's slowing down. It's slowing right down. And it has landed on <gasps> Stephen Freco. Congratulations. Uh, we actually, uh, can we get Steve on the phone? Oh, wait, we've got him. Hello. Hello, Lawson. Steven. How are you, buddy? Oh, well, I'm fantastic. How are you doing? You've won the Bibliopoly oh, board fantastic. game. Listening to you and mine all morning, mate. I tell you what, that gives me the morning start. You know? oh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Come on, Stephen. Stop. Praise stop, the Lord. Stop, I agree uh, with you on that one. Stop praising us. A lovely journey. Listen to you the last couple of years. Wow. It's been lovely all of us. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You've won Bibleopoly board game. Yeah, and now you have yeah. to in, uh, invite us over and cook for us and you're, get to spend time and play this board going, game. You're coming, mate. You'll love my home. Yeah. And they, um, I've had a few of the people from the Seventh-day Adventist at Barrel come over, <laughs> and each one of them always said, Garden of Eden. Hey, wow. Okay, okay. Big claims. I've got a little Bible group we're doing home here. And I was talking the other night, if I win that Bible Monopoly, whatever it is, I said, we're going to play it. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. It. That's great. Uh, it's it's going to do a good home. That's <laughs> awesome. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So- Praise the Lord for you all. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. Stephen, thank you for joining us, and congratulations on winning the Bibleopoly board game. But, hey, right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, Monica, what is our question of the day? What? Uh, how do I buffet my body? 
didn't write it down. Thank you. Thank didn't you, Monica. Okay, no, so the question of the day is how, what does it mean to buffet my body? Right. Um, which is, sounds very confusing. Uh, it does. Um, and it specifically comes from uh, a couple of different translations of the Bible, and it refers to a verse in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27, uh, where the Bible in the NASB, which the NASB is probably regarded as one of the best word-for-word uh, Bible translations that we have to use as a study tool. In the NASB, it says, but I buffet my body and make it my slave, lest possibly after I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Qualified. And he's like, what, is it, what does it mean to buffet my body? Like, is he talking about eating food or is he talking... Well, no, we actually... Told the Eddie in the showers, you really buffed your body? Yeah, that's yeah. right. No, no, no. Well, the word buffet actually means, um, interestingly, like, so you have like two... You have like a buffet, which yeah. is like... You know, small sport. Uh, yep. But then you have Buffett with like two T's at the end. Um, oh. Or, oh, no, sorry, not two T's. One T at the end, but a different version of buffet, which is pronounced Buffett, which means to strike sharply, especially with the hand or to strike repeatedly to batters, to batter in waves. And that's why you see in other translations, for example, in my translation in the New King James, it says the word, uh, to discipline uh, my body. If you have a look in the new, like the NIV, it says, no, I strike a blow to my body. So this word buffet is basically a kind of substitute for that idea of discipline or striking the body um, to, to keep it in order. Now the thought is, what is he talking about here? Like, Mm. what does, what does it mean? Like he's going to repeatedly strike his body. Well, this is actually in the larger context of an illustration where he's using the ideas of being an Olympic athlete, um, to justify or, or to not justify, but to, to kind of explain the Christian walk. He says here in verse 24, he says, do you not know that those who run a race all run but one receives a prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. So it's basically like those who try to receive the prize in in a running race, it says they're temperate in all things. That means that in everything that they do, there's a purpose um, for that. They are, they are, you know, they show lots of self-discipline and restriction and practice and training ultimately to win that prize because everyone can run the way, race, but only some can win. Uh, only one can win. He's like, you know, the winner is the one who is temperate in all areas, the one who self-disciplines themselves, the one who puts themselves on the right track in the right path to be able to win. And then he says, that now they do it for a perishable crown, but you for an imperishable crown. Uh, imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who just simply beats the air, but I buffet my body. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. He says, it's just important for me as someone who ministers and shares the gospel to others, you know, and it's such a big part of the gospel is God's power to help you to overcome sin and how God wants you to leave the life of sin behind. He says, you know, this is a big part of our message. And if I'm preaching it, but they're not doing it myself, then I've gone astray. And he says, if you as the church of the Corinthians if you are, you know, trying to share God, but you're not doing it yourselves, you will also fall away. So let's run as people who are trying to obtain the prize. Let's aim for heaven and act like it. And we have come to the end of the show. We have come to the end Woo-hoo! of the week. Epic. Well, guys, you have listened throughout the week and we thank you so much. And we want to tell you guys that we 
love you, but Jesus loves you more. So yeah. spend time with him today. Read your Bibles. And hey, if you want to get in contact with us and get any information on Bible studies that you would like to do, 0491-064-669. But guys, remember today to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.